Welcome to another episode of the Ticklish. Hey, don't don't do that. The Ticklish Travel. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of <laughs> the Ticklish Traveler and his travel tales. Don't do that. everybody Finland this is a beautiful country it's full of forest I've said this in other recordings but I'll say it again why not it's the leading forest percentage country in all of Europe it's hovering right around 70% okay so I contacted a lady that was looking for some help who lived in the forest in Finland so we chatted a little bit, and I says, I'm very strong, and I'm young, and I'm ready. And she said to me on the phone, who are you? Ecosity. <laughs> That's Serbian. Who are you? So I told her a little bit, and okay, very well, and we chatted. We chatted and chatted some more and even some more. So I says, I call you. Tonight, she had to take care of her mom, and that was part of my duties, was to take her outdoors, and I don't know if they had a wheelchair or if I was just going to higgyback her on my shoulders. I don't know. So I called her in the evening, and she did not answer. I called her the very next day, and again, she says, who are you? And I told her, you know, you got an ad up, you need help, and I want to. I'm there. I'm in California now. I reminded her. She said, oh, yeah, you called yesterday. I said, yes, ma'am, I did. She says, oh, good boy. She says, now, I talked to my mom, and you must come with travel insurance. I says, uh-uh. I never had no travel insurance. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. And she says, uh-huh, you have to. My mom won't accept you to come help us here in a forest in Finland unless you have travel insurance. I says, okay, I got to go get my ticket. And I'll ask the people at the travel agency about this travel insurance. So I rode the bicycle, that old Schwinn, just a couple of blocks down the road there on Herndon. And I went to the travel place and the cops were there. The travel place had just been robbed the night before. They kicked in the windows and they stole a bunch of computers and pencils and this is Fresno, California for you. You know what I mean? The lady couldn't believe it. And I says, oh, brother. So, and I kind of helped her pick up some glass. She said, no, no, you know, don't do that. We got some people coming to do it. She says, why don't you come back? And then she looked at my name you know, I not looked at it, but she heard my name and she said she knew one of my brothers and she would help me out. And I said, this is great. So I went home and I called that lady again from Finland. I says, look, the travel place, <laughs> it was just robbed. And she says, who are you? <laughs> oh, man. And, I says, look, I went, you know, I went down 
to get this travel insurance. Why do you need travel insurance? I don't want you. If you want, if you are going to be sick, we cannot have you here. If you're sick, you told me to get this travel insurance, or I couldn't come. I will not take sick people here. And this is back in 2012. I, I go, well, you're kidding me. I go, no, we cannot have you here. Oh no, no, we don't want sick people. My mother's ill, and you can't come when she's sick, and you get sick, and then she will die. You cannot kill my mother, and I, you're sick. I won't want you here, and you're going to get sick me and kill me. I, okay, lady, you know, good luck to you, and you know, I wish you all the the berries, you know, happiness, and go pick yourself some raspberries and shove them up your nose. I couldn't believe this had happened to me and that was my trip to Finland it was all the two and a half blocks <laughs> oh, okay everybody oh hope, <laughs> I hope you enjoy this it was sure as any boy oh boy I'm glad I didn't I told a Serbian lady incidentally and she said you're lucky that you didn't go all that way with that cuckoo I said you're right all I went was two and a half blocks and that's my trip to Finland, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you. Everybody, this is Greetings in Gibberish. Okay. Well, I want to talk about... I need your help. Okay, Mrs. Gian. I'll be right there. It took me three minutes and eight and a half seconds to get to my friend's house. Something was up. I got there, and they had this real neat-looking carport. And I went up to the door, and before I could even... There was a sheriff's spotlight on me, and the cop says, Mr. Regan, hold it right there. And right then... Jeff's mom came out in a robe, shaking. This is a friend of our family's. This isn't my son. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Hey. Oh, what happened? We all went inside, and around the corner, here come my old buddy Jeff. He did resemble me. He was with the brada. It means beard, and he had the heavy black hair, and he, he was... Man, they're, they're after me, and he's pulling his hair back, and he's sweating, and his t-shirt's just soaking wet in his jeans. He's barefooted, and oh man, he had the wrong shoelace on. And I, I oh man, I, not again! Oh no, oh Mr. Again. Oh, you guys can't be here! No, no, no. And he starts arguing with the sheriff. My buddy does. He's this husky guy, black beard and hair, Armenian. So, the sheriff's saying, your mom called, you're on parole, and you're using. Obviously, you're high as a kite. Oh, I, know, I know my rights, you guys. You know, no, 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 you can't take them. Oh, there's, oh, there's so many of them are here. I says, hey, man, just cool it, Jeff. Just sit down, relax, you know, open the open the sliding door. And I said, just take some breaths, get some, you know, get some fresh air and just relax. So the sheriffs, the two of them, they were standing in the kitchen at my friend's house. And by now his mom's got her 
face and her skinny hands, and she's crying, oh, I, don't know, I don't know what to do. Uh, I kind of tapped her on the back. I said, you know, just take it easy. You know, everything's okay. You know, he's not dead or nothing. So Jeff says, what are you guys doing? What are you doing here? What's going on, man? Jeff, you're going to have to come with us, the officer says. No, no, man. Jeff, get your shoes on and come with us. I need a hot dog. <laughs> Make me a hot dog. Relish. Relish. I need mustard. Maybe I'm hungry. You can't. You guys don't feed me. And I gotta. Oh man, these guys start chuckling. These two sheriffs, they're a little bit older and tall. So I said, "Hey man, you guys, you know I gotta make the guy a quick eye. I put it, put it in the microwave, and I gave my friend a hot dog and smeared relish and, and mustard and everything on there. Yum, 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 yum. I, I, I need a I need a fresca. Yum, 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 yum. So Jeff gobbles down this hot dog and he drinks a fresca in about three seconds. So the cops are kind of giggling. Okay, Jeff. That's it. Come with us. Oh, no, no, there's a Mountain Dew in there. I need a Mountain Dew. It's a little hot dog in my throat. And now his shirt's soaking wet. He takes it off. And he throws it on a very vacuum rug. So there's my friend Jeff. And he doesn't have a shirt on. He's full of sweat. And he's sitting there. Now he's drinking a Mountain Dew. There's some lamb in there. I need some shish kebab. <laughs> Jeff, go ahead and eat your shish kebab. And then we're going to have to go. He gobbles down the shish kebab. Armenians are good cooks. Anyway, he gobbles down the shish kebab. And he's, two shirts, they're kind of laughing. <laughs> okay, okay, Jeff. You had your hot dog and relish. You had your drinks. Your shish kebab, now it's time to go. You have to come with us because you're high, you know, and you broke for all and all this. So you got to come with us. Oh, no, 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 man. I, I, no, I got to go take a shower. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, you're not going to take a shower. Go get a clean shirt. Oh, no, man. I got I to change my socks. Jeff, you're barefooted. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, triple man, oh man. <laughs> oh, poor Mrs. Wiggin, uh, because they took him away, and she was crying. I says, look, you know, he's going to have to get help. I know, I know, and she's crying. I says, well, look, at least he's got a full belly. Because when I seen him last time he got out of the pokey, he had lost several, several pounds, this friend of mine, and he loved shooting half-court shots in baskets at Bullard High School. And this guy, he'd make them. He couldn't make a two-foot basketball shot. My friend Jeff, he couldn't make a two-foot bank shot in basketball, but he could make a half-quarter. And this guy was he was real good-hearted. He always fed me. And when he went in the pokey, I'd go help his mom. And they did live around the corner from me. And I rode my bike there several times. And helped his mom when he was inside. And when he got out, he sure enough, several months later, he was real skinny again. And when I seen him 
it was good to see him. We shook hands. I said, hey, buddy, nice to see you. And he was telling me about all the people from the neighborhood that were in. Ah, no wonder I haven't seen these guys. Yeah, yeah. I says, well, come on in, Jeff. Thanks for visiting us. And I got some shish kebab for you and a fresco. <laughs> oh, man, I was just covered in dirt. I was digging all over his mom. Oh, boy, I miss these old guys in these old times. And I hope everybody enjoyed this. Okay. Terry Fox, everybody. Just look him up. He was born the year 1958. So I was whizzing around, listening to some of these travel experts talk about travel. Because they're experts on traveling. And look, somebody wants to stare at a statue or devour a painting, good for them. I just, not my forte. That's not my style. I like to meet people, and I have, and I've shared some stories with you, which is going to be the topic of this recording. Another person I met here in Dragoming. There's a lot of free food places. And there's one young fella who happens to be nine and a half years older than I am. And we were in there late in the day. It was not too busy, so we were in there just kind of farting around and getting to know one another. Well, old Allegheny, that's right, he came from where Montana and Johnny Anitis and Marino and all, Joe Namath and all them quarterbacks came from around Allegheny County. If you don't know, it's in Pennsylvania. It's right around the Pittsburgh area. And boy, they've had a lot of good football players there. So him and I were talking, old Allegheny in the soup kitchen there in Wyoming. And he told me that he was arrested. And he is, at the present time, arrested as I was talking to him a week ago. And this is 2021. I don't know, I think we're in February or one of those. So him and I were talking, and he was telling me how he got arrested and all this stuff. And he, he's worried, wait a minute. They're paying you? They. The state of Wyoming jail system is paying you to work here at the soup kitchen and you're staying in a home with a few other people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I gotta go back. I gotta go back. I, I gotta go back at four. They check me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I go to work. Yep. I got three hours of power there. Mm-hmm. I get, get my food. Can't cook. Nope. No, can't cook. Mm, mm, I gotta go back. I got one hour. Go back. One hour. Get there. One, mm. He's on a schedule. This jailbird, who's living in a home and getting paid to work at a soup kitchen, he has three and a half more years on his sentence. <laughs> As I was watching him eat the free food there, I was gobbling some stuff down too, and cheese and everything, avocado and and all that good junk. So we had a pretty good time, and I was kind of puzzled about this. So we went outside, and I watched him smoke a cigarette, 
and I help some old, these old skinny old broads, I help them carry some of these packages of food out for them in their brand new cars. And him and I kept talking, this jailbird and I, this guy from Allegheny County, that's why I call him Allegheny. So he's told me the reason why he's being paid not to be in jail because he had a triple heart attack and they had to do, they had to do all the surgeries on him and then he broke his hip and his jaw fell out and his ears were wiggling and all this stuff. So he said it cost him a million and a half. So you got rid of him. They told him he had to go. That's the guy. Man, I got ice. Oh, Lord. I started eating this ice cream. Hey, man. Oh, man. What are you going to do? Throw me in jail? <laughs> I didn't get all that with that guy. Man, an old man. That's another old lady come in and carry the food out. And this guy just kept talking. He was walking across the street. He said, oh, man. I can't cook. And I, I got to do this. And I can't go over here. And I come back. And, well, he says, you know, there's all these things I just can't do. I says, I guess you can't go to the rodeo. No, they got no. What about the circus? No, no, you can't go So I get to know this guy because I was helping out at the store next door that connected buildings. And I was having a good old time here in Wyoming, sloshing through the snow, carrying all these packages out for these people. Well, just yesterday I was talking to Allegheny, and he told me he has 23 brothers and sisters. Four of them died. So it was 18, 19, however many, I can't remember. And I said, what about your parents? He, mm, I didn't know them. No, grandparents? No, I didn't know my own mom. What? Mom was really old when he was born. I said, well, man, you probably got, probably got a brother maybe around 80. Oh, 90. What? I don't know him. What? You can walk down the street, bump into somebody. It could be your sister. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This just happens. Happens all the time. I got cousins. Uh, you know, I got uh, 382 cousins. And, oh, jeez. Man, oh, man, this guy was really interesting. So for me... To meet these people and to share these stories, I, he told me a lot of more things. You know, they used to put gasoline in fire extinguishers and make flamethrower and all this stuff. And they got pretty wild over there in the Pennsylvania Hills. Uh, to me, to meet these very interesting people, and this guy took the cake here. I like to share these stories with people. And if you want to go and travel... You can travel just across the street, across your own town. If you want to learn something while you're traveling, I'm all for it. You know, but they do have things called libraries where you can go in there and learn. And once in a while, a library lets you read a book. <laughs> so I hope everybody enjoyed this story because I sure did have fun meeting this fella. And man, oh man, there's plenty of them out there. You just get out there and just say hey and hi, hello. Get to meet people, help out a little bit. 
bring a little bit of treats for people when you go visit them in their homes, you know, or even if you're going to go visit people in the jailhouse. <laughs> I didn't ask him that if I could go visit him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I could bring him a cake like my family used to do, maybe some pistachios or something. So anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed this story. And get out there and meet yourself some people. Have yourself some fun. You want to learn something? Learn it. I'm all for you. And just have yourself a groovy old time. Okay, everybody. Author Philip Van Doren Stern got the idea one winter morning in 1938 while he was shaving. He was shaving, and the entire story came to him, beginning to end, right there in front of the bathroom mirror. But Philip would not write the story down until a year later... And he would not try to sell the story until four more years had passed, and even then nobody would buy it. He tried to interest magazines in publishing it. He was turned down by everything from the Saturday Evening Post to the local farm journals. Finally, a movie studio bought the story, which the author had entitled The Greatest Gift. RKO Radio Pictures purchased the property at the suggestion of Cary Grant, by the way. Cary Grant thought the hero might be a suitable role for himself someday. And yet, try as they might, RKO screenwriters simply could not adapt the story to a movie-worthy script. So more years passed. RKO sold The Greatest Gift to another movie maker who had just organized a new company called Liberty Films. That producer-director's name, by the way, was Frank Capra. And under his loving guidance, Philip Stern's little Christmas story did grow into one of the most moving and heartwarming tales ever told. And each Christmas time, televiewers thrilled to the retelling of an all-American yarn which Frank Capra retitled, It's a Wonderful Life. But this is the rest of the story. The motion picture, It's a Wonderful Life, is about a man named George Bailey on the brink of suicide, granted a unique opportunity to see what the world would have been like had he never been born. It's a Wonderful Life has become a classic, consistently listed by critics among the ten greatest movies ever made, but it did not become an American cultural phenomenon until the mid-1970s, and there's a reason for that, aside from its intrinsic greatness. For you see, when It's a Wonderful Life first appeared in theaters, December 1946, it received mixed reviews. It barely broke even at the box office received not one Academy Award. Its less-than-spectacular reception was a tremendous disappointment to Frank Capra. It was so generally ignored over the following three decades that in 1974, when its copyright came up for renewal, somebody in the studio office forgot or didn't bother to go to the trouble of renewing the copyright, and that's how one of the ten greatest motion pictures of all times slipped inobtrusively into what's called the public domain. And that's why America's undisputed favorite holiday movie became just that, because television stations can air it for free. And so they air it often, exposing it to millions. Experts guesstimate that the owners, had they held on to the copyright, It's a Wonderful Life would be earning them conservatively $26 million a year. In addition to the more than 1,200 radio and television stations airing it at least twice each year, there are 15 video companies selling the classic on cassette. They're cranking out copies for what amounts to the wholesale cost of blank tape. That's right. To paraphrase its original title, maybe that is the greatest gift of all. That we all get rich every Christmas time in lots of ways because we get to see and re-see and re-see It's a Wonderful Life. Just because somebody, maybe some bumbling guardian angel, failed to renew the copyright. By the way, had that whoever it was back there bothered to renew the copyright, 
it would have cost his employers a renewal fee of only f of only four dollars. Merry Christmas. And now you know the rest of the story.